Welcome to the Sunday Service Podcast from St Nicholas Buccleuch Parish Church. I'm Sandy Horsborough and I'm the minister of this Church of Scotland congregation in Dalkeith, a town in Midlothian, Scotland. Through this short act of worship, the congregation invites you to join it in offering praise to God and reflecting upon God's word in scripture. The podcast will consist of some prayers, a reading and a short reflection based on the service that takes place in church on a Sunday morning. There will also be some music and some news about what is happening in the church this week. Through this podcast, it is our hope that you, wherever you are listening, be that right next door or on the other side of the world, will find hope, strength and encouragement in your life and find a connection too to this congregation. This week's Sunday Service podcast is based on the service for the second Sunday of Lent. Let us pray. Almighty God, whose most dear Son went not up to joy, but first he suffered pain, and entered not into glory before he was crucified, mercifully grant that we, walking in the way of the cross, may find it none other than the way of life and peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our reading comes from the Gospel according to St Luke, reading in chapter 13 from verse 31. At that very hour some Pharisees came to Jesus and said to him, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. He said to them, Go and tell that fox for me. Listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow, and the next day I must be on my way, because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you, and I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. There is a political game going on in our Gospel reading. And a pretty serious one at that. It shouldn't surprise us to find people playing politics in the Gospels. The story of Jesus' life is a story of a real life. And this is the sort of thing that goes on in real life all the time. It's also particularly prevalent where genuine political issues are at stake. And they certainly are in the Gospels. Jesus' life and teaching are intensely and deeply political which may be why he so divides opinion. The action in today's reading takes place near Jerusalem, the centre of political power. Jesus is on his way there both to stir things up and to to suffer. Some Pharisees come to intercept him. More often than not, his encounters with Pharisees were confrontational. They were people of position, members of the establishment, and they didn't like their position being challenged. They didn't like what they said being contradicted. 
They didn't like people challenging their authority or upsetting the social or political order. These Pharisees came to warn Jesus that Herod wanted to kill him. But this was not news to Jesus. And it's also unlikely that the Pharisees came motivated by genuine concern for Jesus. Note the first words they said, get away from here. That was their real concern. They expected trouble for themselves if Jesus came to Jerusalem, and they didn't want that. They were right, of course, and Jesus could see the game they were playing, and he didn't want to play along. He was pursuing an agenda more important than preserving his own life, an agenda which, in order to fulfil it, would entail the loss of his life. Jesus knew that, hence the references to finishing his work on the third day, words which really only make sense to those who can look back and understand that Jesus' work of redeeming humanity was completed not on the cross, but at his resurrection. He knew the resistance that would face him in Jerusalem, the seat of power. All places of power are strongly resistant to change, even while they employ the language and rhetoric of change to justify their positions. But Jesus was resolute. He knew the political machinations that were going on, but he plunged in anyway. And he did so because that was what his life's work was. To put it simply, Jesus' life's work was the overthrow of the old order, the order of the world dominated by sin and all the ways that sin takes shape, by preserving privilege, by oppressing the weak, by hoarding wealth, by perpetuating suffering and hunger and warfare. When God sent his Son, he sent a revolutionary. No wonder the establishment wanted him dead, or at least far, far away. They hated what he stood for. His mission and his objectives were plain from the very beginning. His manifesto was about releasing captives, about lifting the poor out of poverty, about freeing the oppressed. He went around confronting evil wherever he found it. His mother, a peasant girl, had sung of the proud being scattered, the powerful being deposed, the lowly lifted up, the hungry fed, the rich being sent away empty. Her son told rich people to get rid of what they had. He provided food and wine in prodigious quantities. He demolished the arguments of the clever and the powerful. He told people to love their enemies, to turn the other cheek, and he kept company with people polite society regarded as the dregs. All this deeply unsettled the establishment, which doubtless worked then as it works now, by concentrating wealth and power in the hands of a few, by dividing society, by looking after its own at the expense of everyone else. Jesus understood this and challenged it, and refused to be co-opted into it. For his love 
was not limited. He did not just love his own, but longed to gather all people, even those who hated him, under his protection. We can imagine him that day standing on a hill, looking out over Jerusalem, knowing the people there and what they would do to him, yet still longing for their redemption. The challenge for us is this. If we want to shelter under the arms of Jesus, we need to accept all the other people that we will find there, all the people whom Jesus loves. His love is universal, including all the people we find it so difficult to love ourselves. And when we stand close to Jesus, we cannot do so without accepting his agenda, an agenda of radical change, the pursuit of which requires the systems of the world not only to be challenged, but to be overthrown. Like many good revolutionaries before and since, Jesus knew his cause mattered more than life itself. In fact, his cause is life itself, life in Christ rather than death in sin. His life, his death, his resurrection began the revolution to redeem all people, to rescue us from what oppresses and divides, to liberate us from the worst of ourselves. Do we dare to follow him, to join him? Amen.
That was the motet Ecce Comodo Moritur Justus, sung by the Edinburgh University Renaissance singers. The text expresses something of the anguish of Jesus as he contemplated the sacrifice he was about to make. It says, Behold how the righteous man dies and no one understands. Righteous men are taken away and no one considers. The righteous man has been taken away from present iniquity and his memory shall be in peace. Towards the end of this week, the Presbytery of Lothian will be meeting. This gathers together representatives of all the Church of Scotland churches in Midlothian and East Lothian. A lot of what we deal with is administration, not necessarily particularly newsworthy or exciting. However, we'll also be continuing the process of considering how the church in this area can meet the challenges of falling numbers of ministers. We can either see this as an impending disaster, or we can see it as an opportunity for people in congregations to do new things and to develop new talents, and perhaps take the church forward in new directions. Let us pray for the church throughout the world, that all who bear the name of Christ may find true repentance for their sins and walk in the ways of peace. Let us pray to the Lord. For the nations of the world, wherever there is poverty, war, or oppression of human spirit, that all people may repent of the evil they do to one another, let us pray to the Lord. For the planet Earth, God's gift to humankind, that we may repent of selfish or thoughtless exploitation and tend it with care so that all may share justly in its bounty, let us pray to the Lord. For the leaders of the nations, that they may work for the common good of all people and repent of arrogance and self-interest, let us pray to the Lord. For our enemies, that we may learn to love them with regard of God's compassion, forgiving wrongs and seeking reconciliation, let us pray to the Lord. For those who are sick, or in trouble, for the defenceless, the weak, and the poor, that they may find help in their time of need, and that the church may heed their cry. Let us pray to the Lord. For those who have died, that their lives and faith may be a continuing inspiration to us, and for those who mourn, that they may be comforted. Let us pray to the Lord. Loving God, hear the prayers of all your people for the sake of our world. With our prayers accept the dedication of our lives that we may minister to the world in the name of Jesus, through whom and in whose words we pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, 
Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power and the glory for ever. Amen. I hope that you've enjoyed this podcast and that you will subscribe to future episodes. If you'd like to support the work of St Nicholas Baclue Parish Church, you can make a donation through our website at www.stnicholasbaclue.org.uk. The blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, rest upon you and remain with you always. Amen.